0: On this episode, Chris and I are talking again with Henson Wu from Feedback Wiz. and today we're going to be talking a lot about managing your business finances with some of the new, um, new, new improvements they've made to their platform. This is this is a great conversation, Chris.
1: Yeah, they they kind of adapted and added more to their offering, and so they have a really good financial tool that kind of gives. It gives sellers more clarity on on what their profitability are, or is and product level stats and all that kind of stuff. So, and they even have a thirty day free trial, so mm-hmm. might as well just try it out. So, Absolutely. oh yeah, good guy, love to have him on. He's always yep.
0: good. Oh yeah, and he is he was a seller himself, and so and he knows. I mean, it's just fascinating talking about what sellers need to know about their business. And you know, Seller Central is very difficult to look through. So when you use tools to help clean up that data and from there. So, it was a great conversation with Henson, and let's dive into the interview now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 88 of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone brought to you by Solozo. Today, Chris and I have a great guest. He's coming back. We've had him on before Henson Wu from Feedback Wiz. Henson, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. How are you we're doing <laughs> We're doing good. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. yeah. thanks for inviting me again. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, real quick, just for everybody, you want to give a little uh anyone who didn't listen to the last episode or doesn't know who you are a little background on on you and Feedback Wiz?
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh, background for me, um, I'm currently the co-founder and CEO of Feedback Wiz, and for Feedback Wiz, we're a Amazon software company and Uh, In a nutshell, we help Amazon sellers increase, uh, you know, reviews, brand reputation, profits, uh, you know, a bunch of tools that we have, uh, including uh, email automation, requesting review, uh, profit analytics, um, review management, analytics alerts. We have a lot of really good tools that help uh, Amazon sellers. Um, I myself, um, I was a Amazon seller in 2014, started, uh, you know, Pretty much where amazon started to boom uh i've been actually doing e-commerce way before since you know i was in high school i've always been selling products uh starting from ebay and stuff so uh i've been doing e-commerce for a really long time but uh my main um i guess background was um you know electrical computer engineering so i worked in that field for uh, 13 years and then i started this company um you know in 2017 so that's uh that's where we're at today
1: so (laughs) and we had you on episode 12 which is way back in october Mm -hmm. and around that time october 2020 around that time there was some kind of shift going on with messaging uh amazon was coming down on uh some type of like i I, I can't recall but there was some type of uh, messaging restriction going on touch base on that again what was happening there
2: yeah so i think uh, september of 2020 where amazon came out with um you know, some buyer seller messaging policy um, guidelines, and they weren't particularly new guidelines. They were just basically saying, hey, we're going to come out and start enforcing, um, you know, people who are trying to incentivize reviews or manipulate reviews. And most of it was really, um, you know, sellers not understanding how to ask for reviews through emails. And then at the same time, Amazon did introduce a new request to review button, which is a way where sellers can have a peace of mind on clicking on button. And then Amazon sends an email in their behalf to request a review. So, um, so that's kind of what it was. I mean, there's, I mean, I think most sellers that been selling for a long time are, are aware of the policy changes. Um, you know, they're all posted in Amazon, uh, communication policies. Um, I mean. It's basically you just have to understand that you know you can't manipulate reviews or um, send stupid messages to sell uh, to buyers, um, you know harassing them. They just want to kind of cut down the communication between the seller and buyer. And you know as we see, Amazon is slowly trying to break apart the, the bond between the seller and buyers, right? They're removing even the internal customer data for um, mm-hmm. sellers now. They can't see it with the you know customer and buyer information. So. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad thing. I mean, for sellers, you know, most sellers don't like it, but I don't know for buyers, maybe it's a better experience since they don't have to constantly get harassed with a bunch of emails and messages. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, The landscape's always changing. That's what, that's what we say a lot in here is it's, you got to stay on top of it. Messaging that used to work doesn't work now. Um, what what are you seeing though, just real quick, cause I know we wanna focus this episode a lot more on managing your, your Amazon business finances, which we're gonna talk on. But right now, in, in terms of messaging, what are you seeing that is is effective? I know we touched on a little bit of this on the last episode, but what what's a good message to be sending out to buyers right now? Yeah, so there there's a, if
2: you read the uh, communication policy closely, there's a few things Amazon still allows you to send. Um, it has to be something pertaining to the to the order. Um, it can't be like a thank you message. You know, a lot of people, a lot of sellers like sending a message saying thank you for your order. If you have any questions, like email us back. Like you can't send that anymore. Like if it's just if it's just that message, they don't want you sending that. So uh, what a lot of sellers are doing now is they're creating like um, documentation for the product, like uh, PDF files, product instructions, uh, something of value to help the customer, making sure that. Um, when they get the product, um, it's it's somewhere like I would say like in between, like making sure that you know how to use it versus making sure that it's necessary to complete the order. Made. Like for example, like if I had a product where it's going to sit on a porch for a day or two and it's going to like spoil or something, like they need to know like hey, you know you need to take it out or you need to have to special handling instructions or something like that. So. Um, so what we've seen is like, you know, sellers been sending those kind of, um, you know, they've been generating their own, uh, you know, like PDF file or some kind of custom message to send out. And, and that's, in that's generally okay. And, and, you know, within that message, of course, you want to still follow the communication guidelines, you know, not violate any, uh, things like incentivizing them to leave you a review, or, you know, trying to bait them to find out if there's something wrong with the product and contact you, things like that. Um, and then you know you could still send the uh, review request email that's still definitely allowed so if you had so one of the great things about that communication policy update was that dave came out and specifically said that hey you are allowed to ask for a review you know using buyer seller message which was kind of you know a question that a lot of sellers were you know uh, questioning mm-hmm. for quite a while you know but it's in there you can't send it you just have to follow the guidelines um uh one of the other things i would say is important is that um you know the software you're using, or however you're using it right now, it's they're kind of like dumbed it down, where it's pretty much like you can't add like images or you know like tracking links or things like that. It has to be pretty much almost plain text in a way where you know you have a few ways to change the font and size, um, and then a lot. Uh, one of the things that we've seen a lot is a lot of sellers uh, copying and pasting uh, templates from. Um, Let's say a random source and they're just pasting it into a program and one of the things that Amazon has done now is they've Restricted uh, the amount of HTML that you can send through the system So there's certain HTML tags they allow that can go through and there's certain tags that they don't allow Um, So what ends up happening is some sellers don't even know and they start copying like, you know weird stuff from different types of sources and then it doesn't go through and then they think that they can't send it. So uh, we also noticed that uh, it, within the uh, Amazon buyer seller messaging platform, they have these messages now that they display after you send a message. It'll either tell you, it'll tell you like if your message goes through or not, and it will also tell you the reason why it doesn't go mm-hmm. through. So um, so it's it's getting better on the Amazon side, but um, yeah, there's you know that's that's. Kind of how where we at today with you know buyer seller messaging it's still definitely effective. Um, you know Amazon's letting you do it, so there's no reason why you shouldn't do it. You should still send a message, uh, but then you also have the option of using either buyer seller messaging or the Amazon review request button. And in my opinion, both of them work uh, really well. So you can choose which one to use. You just can't use them together in terms of sending. Uh, multiple review requests per order, so you can you can stagger them. And say, hey, some products I want to use buyer seller messaging. Some products I want to use the review request button, and um, and yeah, we've seen you know a lot of sellers are still getting great results and still getting a lot of reviews.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't use both. I'm a I'm a victim. I used both and I got shut down for the messaging part. So definitely want to be, be sure you choose one or the other because uh, if you do use both, I mean, Amazon will send you a little email. Um, I think they suspended me for like a month or something for as far as messages go. But now I just fully do just the rating, the Amazon review rating. It seems to get a lot more traction uh, from what I've seen. Um, and it's coming directly from Amazon, which is nice. Um, and people just click on it, click a review and off they go. But, uh, but either way, yeah, we're here today to talk about the, the the finance. You guys have shifted a little bit, added a new tool, um, or new new tools to your, your arsenal. Uh, talk a little bit about what you guys have done with this profit and loss tracking tool that you've added.
2: Yeah. So um, yeah, we've we've been just you know trying to build a lot, a lot of interesting tools that you know sellers at least based on the feedback really want want to have. You know, and one of the first things that we've uh, created is the profit and accounting tool. And what this tool basically does is, you know, it's like, it's it's like any other profit software. You know, it pull all the data in from Amazon, whether it's your, uh, you know, fees, your PPC, you know, your sales, orders, all that information. So all that order, all that information comes in. Um, however, what we try to do is uh, make that data more relevant to the seller. Meaning, like, you have a lot more functionality on how to use that data to help you identify trends. So, um, for example, like. Uh, you know, having um, different trend line datas, like we can, you know, in one dashboard, you can see like all your ASINs and then you can see all the trend line graphs for any period you want to customize, right? So like at a a glance, you could, if you're selling a hundred products, you can kind of basically identify which products are trending in the right direction, which ones are not doing so well in any of the metrics, not just sales and orders, but, you know, PPC, it could be fees, um, all that data and on top of that we also allow sellers to customize products and group them together so um you know one of the problems with amazon is that you know you either see the data for your entire business or you see the data for one of your listings right there's no way to like say i want to grab product a b and c and group them together compared to product d e and f you know Mm -hmm. and that's what we allow sellers to do is that you can come in and customizing, you know, label your own products and say, you know, I could call this variation a or I can call this category electronics, and I want to compare category electronics to category toys, right. So this gives you even more visibility in how your products are performing in a a category or your custom um, categories, right. And then what we've also done is, you know, the ability to aggregate all the data from different marketplaces. So if you're selling in, you know, Europe, you have you know five different marketplaces you might want to compare how electronics uh in europe doing versus electronics in us right uh things like that um there's a lot of really um i'll say powerful stuff like in terms of cost of goods and even amazon expenses we allow you to import inside too so you can you know set start stop dates um, put notes right so it's it's a really robust tracking system uh, not just to display your amazon profits but it's to help manage your entire you know profitability and uh, accounting for amazon
0: yeah that it's really interesting and i'll, I'll be i'll be honest that accounting the finances part manage it that's that's not my strong suit i get so excited about launching your products and you know that that's where my focus goes in and the ability to really dig down into the weeds and see what's happening, uh, like you're talking about, like in product segments, uh, is really important in terms of what your next decisions are for your business. Uh, what What are some common mistakes you see sellers making when in terms of managing, just managing their finances? What are you What are you seeing? I would say the common mistakes is that sellers
2: either don't know or not tracking their finances properly right Mm -hmm. and they don't calculate let's say um you know business business expenses um you know they they kind of look at more of a product related expense where they'll say like all right i i paid my supplier this amount of money this is how much it cost to ship to to get here and you know this is my you know net profit right after i sell the product after all the fees and stuff but there's also a lot of other expenses um, like running a business, right? Like, you know, electricity, you know, rent, right? There's employees and stuff and they don't really break that down um, in a way where like, you can kind of come back in the end of the year and say like, okay, this is, this is my true cost. Like if I'm selling one product, this is how much I'm really making per product. Right. Um, and I think, you know, having uh, a way like either a spreadsheet or a tool to help you, you know, break down that cost and, you know, Integrate into your total business is, is something that um, sellers are, you know, not really doing. Um, the other thing I would say is a lot of sellers are not tracking the trends of their sales of their product, right, or their orders amount. Um, a lot of times you see products that you know, they do well in the beginning and then they kind of die out and, you know, sellers don't really go back and try to figure out what what it is exactly, right? Whether it's the price, uh, there's more competitors, um, is the product just not so popular anymore? Is it seasonality? So I think identifying trends is something that's very valuable and, you know, being being able to notify, uh, being able to see that trend change either in a positive or negative way, like in a very early, uh, stages is is going to really help you uh, drive more profits. You know,
1: I just like how you can put everything in one. You're able to see everything in one marketplace. Like, if anybody's on Amazon and they sell multiple marketplaces, it's hard to find this data. It's hard mm-hmm. to find these metrics, and especially you know, juggling through different marketplaces, going over to Europe and maybe down in Australia for over there, and trying to figure out all your financial stats. I think that you, the way you have it laid out, and I'm on your site now kind of looking through it, the way you have it laid out and the way it looks, it's, it's, it's just easier for sellers to make a decision, like do they need to focus more on this marketplace or do they need to focus more uh, or do, do they need to go back to the US and focus on that marketplace? What other things are you seeing with, with that? Are you seeing growth in the European marketplaces or Australian marketplaces, or is it mainly just still US now where where are you seeing growth at as far as people using your tool?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, we, we still have growth in all markets. But um, however, I would say, like, in general, I, I, there's a lot of uh, international marketplaces that are, you know, the recently released uh, marketplaces such as, like, UAE and Netherlands. Um, you know, these are big marketplaces where they haven't, You know these consumers haven't really adapted to buying e-commerce or there's no like dominant e-commerce uh site like amazon is and i think these marketplaces have been showing like uh tremendous growth just because you know a lot of sellers are coming in and say oh amazon right and it's like hey now we have amazon so we can come buy it um so i think a lot of these international marketplaces are growing a lot um to answer your question um i would i would say a lot of this i was i think the trend that we're seeing right now is there's a lot less u.s sellers new sellers coming in these days i think just because the um the competitiveness of the u.s market is is not that easy right and the profit margins are dwindling right just because um you know, cost of inflation, cost of producer uh, costs, right? Um, shipping logistics right now, it takes forever to get stuff, right, overseas. There's a lot of problems and um, a lot of headaches and, you know, all the different things you have to deal with selling on Amazon. I think it's kind of, um, it's, it's not attracting new sellers to come and sell on Amazon anymore. It's not like that, that dream that everyone was talking about like a few years ago, it's, it's much harder you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, so what we've seen is that there's a lot more Chinese sellers and manufacturers that are starting to kind of, you know, take up more of the space. And they're just, you know, from China, they're just uh, either creating accounts or just directly sending FBA uh, to the United States. And they're predominantly selling in uh, US and um, Europe, European countries. And there's definitely a huge uh, growth there. And I think even um not our not our data but i think marketplace pulse or something one of those websites they reported that the chinese sellers are now more than 50 percent of the worldwide amazon sellers now so they've definitely made a huge jump in the last year
1: yeah it's definitely gotten way more competitive but that's what Mm -hmm. i mean this is kind of the game we signed up for right like we're in this to to compete and you just got to keep moving forward
2: yeah yeah definitely and and i think um you know for you for sellers that are selling right now there's there's a lot of opportunity outside of the us you know these other marketplaces these foreign countries um you know if you can find a good product and you can make the numbers work um they're like five or six years behind the us marketplace meaning you know when you search for a product you're not going to find 20 of the same listings you know you might find one or two or even nothing right so if you, you can identify what kind of products are Hot or you know, in different countries culturally different, but um, mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of opportunity right now to start building those uh, listings and reviews and you know growing
0: that brand. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you mentioned that you started in 2014 selling. It's it's interesting. I, a lot of people, that's sort of when they started. That's when Chris and I started. Was right around that time, and. Um, it seems like a lot of these uh, other marketplaces, that's sort of the stage they're in. You can launch products sort of with the, I wouldn't say the ease, but it was easier to launch. And interesting in that time period in 2014, the rest of the world, that's where the entrepreneurs were they're opening their, their stores in the US, their Amazon accounts in the US. So it's opportunity now, I feel like for us that are in the US based, to do that now, we can we can go into emerging marketplaces uh, and take up that real estate that that's new. So I think I think you're right on that. There's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, I want to talk about. I want to shift gears a little bit and go back in sort of the uh, managing the the profits and everything of your business because there's a, there's another thing, and I'm looking on your website again where you talk about how your tool can help break down sales, taxes, promotions, refunds, all that. That's so critical, because if you're selling a product and you're running coupons and then you're running, you know, a lightning deal every other week or all that to get all of that, all of those expenses allocated to your product so you can know, are you profitable or not, is very difficult. And so it seems like your tool can really help out with that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, that's why I mentioned is like we pull all the different data metrics from, you know, every little thing that you sell on Amazon, like it's, it's recorded, right? Like every part of like, you, you have to realize there's like 40 or 50 different types of Amazon fees that could actually be you know imposed on you. And, you know, the way that Amazon does it in their settlement reports, like as a seller, you just get like, you get a high level category and say you have an FBA fee of this, you have a storage fee of this.
0: But it doesn't really
2: break down like what the fee entails. And sometimes there's products where you sell and you don't know they have a special fee, right? In some countries, they have a special fee that you have no idea what it is. And uh, the great thing about, you know, developers is the Amazon API, you know, breaks that fee down and it gives us that information. There's like a table of, you know, hundreds of different fees that they, they can pull in and give us so. Um, So we give you that visibility too. And then you have the ability to download um, our reports, which is, you know, a lot more uh, sophisticated than the Amazon ones. And then from that report, uh, you know, you can upload it to, you know, QuickBooks or, you know, what other other accounting software you have. And eventually um, our goal is to integrate with um, some accounting softwares at the end of the year. Like, you know, all the data is just nice and easy to see. And, you know, it's all laid out. You don't have to worry about, like, you know, messing around with Excel files or things like that, yeah. You know.
1: So we touched on a few of these tools and we or a few of these sections in, inside this new tool that you guys have or newer tool you have, the profits and analytical tools. What one do you really like the most? Like which one that when creating this tool, which one were you like, we have to have this? I mean, obviously there's some that are really required, but what, which one did you really get behind and think that this is a good feature to have that kind of separates us from other tools?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I really like her graphing interface. So we we built a very sophisticated graphing um, system, which basically like any metric you want, you can click on it, and it allows you to plot it against any time frame, and you can plot it against other metrics too, right? So and then it it has the ability to scale it either linearly or by percentage. So if you're like you know, hardcore into data analytics, and like, let's say you trade stocks and stuff like that, like, you need that kind of graphing data to really see like, you know, how your products or what's, you know, each metric is performing. So uh, we have that mechanism in there that allows you to plot, you know, um, you know, every metric, every fee against each other. And even with the labeling system, like, let's say you have like, you know, seven categories, you want to compare data against each other, uh, that graphing functionality, Um, gives you the ability to see, you know, line graph, bar graph uh, that data right in front of you, even even seeing the data from the previous period, right. Um, So, you know, if you're, you know, it depends on what kind of seller you are, right, that's, that's what we're trying to do is like, we're trying to create tools where I think we're trying to take it to the next level, right, where sellers like, you know, they might want first order data, but we're trying to give them second and third order data and i would say the second best thing i really like love about this tool and what we really wanted to build was like a top products and worst products worst performers so this gives you the ability to automatically there's a whole page on it where it just sorts and pulls all the information of what's your best performing products in any time frame and what's your worst performing products you, you can sort it by sales you can sort it by fees uh you can sort it by any metric so really quick you can at a glance you could see like hey my top 20 products are doing really well in the month of April. And then I can see what's the worst product. I didn't get any sales or let's say I got one or two sales only. Right. Um, I think this kind of data being able to access it like at the, on the fly is really important. It just saves a lot of time. And, you know, time is something that sellers don't have. Right. We don't have time to dig around and waste. Right. There's just too many things to do. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You're exactly right about that. There's way too many things to do when you're running your own business and you don't have time for it. And it's also, I mean, like like you mentioned, to be able to see sort of a comprehensive look at what's going on and to drill down and see what products are doing well, what is not doing well uh, is so critical. I'm very guilty of having a product where I did not see the trend going down. Uh, and if I could, if I could have seen that, I could have, like you talked about, dug in, implemented, figure out why. You know, is it competition? Is it something? that made it made the right decision. Um, I wasn't invested in that data enough to see that. So when you talk about trends for products, how are you? How are you recognizing? You know that okay, this product is is trending downward. Just in general, is it just because your sales are decreasing, or? Uh, you know the amount of people viewing your page is decreasing. What are what are you? How are you seeing these trends to where you can identify? Hey, this is a product that is on a downward trajectory or upward. Either way.
2: Yeah. So usually the the best two ways to look at it is by orders and by sales amount. Right. Um, orders is probably the amount of orders you're getting in a certain time frame is probably the best way to judge it. Um, by impressions, um, impressions is a is a thing that the Amazon API doesn't give us, right? We can't, you know, at Seller Central you can log in and look at the, the impression count, but the API doesn't give you the impression count. So unfortunately, we don't have that impression data, which would be awesome to have. I don't know why I don't give that up. Um, however, we're trying to find a solution around that, and that'll be that's something that everyone's asking for. Like, can I see my impression rate? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I would say it's really like what time frame you're looking at right because everyone has a, is a different time frame like some people like they have a product cycle of you know a year where they like you know they they need to establish some kind of trend at least a baseline to see like you know this is how it works you know in june and july i have a peak and then maybe in september october it, it falls down right so i think it's really just depending on how you set up your time frame you know, what you're looking at right um, Repeat customers is also a big one, I would say. Um, A lot of sellers, you know, established sellers with, you know, products that have been selling for years, you know, on the market, they actually, I've seen, um, you know, 30 to 50% of their sales is generated through repeat purchases, you know, which is huge because, you know, it's, it's easy for them to get that purchase coming back from customers that like it versus trying to like spend more money on PVC and getting new customers, right? Ah, uh, sometimes sometimes they track repeat purchases and see like how many repeat purchases are coming back, and if that's trending up or down, right? And that's that's a huge um, way to determine like if your product is is uh, doing well, right? Sometimes products phase out. You might need like a second vision, you know, build something better. Um, but some there's some products that are just you know they just last forever, right? So it's something that simple people need. Um, mm-hmm. There's no need to build a better version of it. Um, So I would say those are probably the three biggest uh, trends that people monitor. Um, One of the cool things that we actually are currently developing, and it's going to be released really soon, is uh, business analytic alerts. So what this does is it allows you to set your own slope and trends uh, on what you want to measure. So for example, if I want to say, like, if my sales increase or decrease by 20% in three weeks or two weeks timeline, uh, send me an email. Or ASIN, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So this gives you the ability to figure out what you want to track, uh, rather than going in, logging in, and looking at you know things every day. Like you, you can set your own metrics on what you feel like, because every product is different. Right? Every product has a different slope and trend line, um, and you know your product the best. So you, you have the build. Now, we're giving you the ability to set these, uh, these, these business analytics alerts. So. Um, so that's one thing I'm really excited about, and I think um, I think it's going to help sellers like tremendously. You know, I wish I had that back in the days. I was selling, you know, clothing, so I had like thousands of variations and colors and stuff like that. It's just impossible to track, right? So I want to know like what colors are doing the best, like which ones are dying, right? Which which season is is color like red doing better than yellow? Uh, what sizes mm-hmm. are better? You know, so it's really for like power sellers that are selling a lot of products and they really need that data um, to help them you know, take their business So that's all. Yeah.
1: I love that idea. I was just thinking like, dang, that's an awesome idea. Like being able to just to get an alert if my sales dropped 20, 20, 30% or whatever percentage I set, and then I can go in and, and like look at it. Did I lose a main image or did I lose star rating or did, did my um, product price go out of sale price that I had set or something like being able to just like get that alert and then I can go find out what's going on. Yeah. That's 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 huge. That's big. That's, especially yeah. for a lot of products.
0: Yeah. On on that note though, you you were talking about um repeat purchases. This is something that is fascinating to me is uh, is there a way to break down and see the lifetime value of a customer or the average revenue that comes in from a customer because that one thing that I think with repeat purchases that is important is your ability to know, like, what are you willing to spend on advertising to acquire a customer? You know, if you're, you know, and a lot of times that can, you can be more aggressive if you know what that that value is or how much the average customer is spending with you. Is that, can you break yeah, that absolutely. data? It is,
2: yeah, it's definitely doable in our software. Um, Actually, we had this data since day one. It's, um, we have an orders manager page, which basically um, it's like a, it's like a, we pull in all the order data that comes in. Who bought it from you, how much they paid, et cetera. They left the feedback, all that good stuff, right? And then within there, there's a filtering mechanism because it's a massive search engine. So uh, let's say an order comes in, like we will flag an order and say there's a repeat customer, right? We'll have a little R symbol icon on the side. So you click on that, it'll pull up all the orders that same customer bought from you in the past. So from that information, you can see exactly how much. Um, they bought from you, when they bought from you, what they bought from you, everything. So that data is readily available inside Feedback Place.
0: And that data is critical. I mean, Chris and I talk to sellers all the time that are in very competitive categories that are selling either consumables or something where there's repeat purchase pattern. Um, and unless you know that, it's it's hard to be comfortable being like really aggressive on your advertising, potentially. You know, two, three hundred percent A cost if it's super competitive. Uh, but if you know that you know you're going to be profitable long term, um, it can help make those decisions. So that's 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 really nice to be able to see that data.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And and um, that page is actually we have a free plan too for new sellers that first come on board and uh, let's say they don't really send too many emails. That page is actually free for everybody. So if you don't, you know, if you just started selling or you never use feedback wiz, Like you don't even need a pay to get that data. That orders page is is something that we allow everyone to use, and you know, help, hopefully help benefit by grabbing that information. You know?
1: If you just started selling, I mean, be a no-brainer. Go over use feedback wiz. I mean, for mm-hmm. free, you're going to get all, access to all this information. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: definitely worth definitely worth trying. Yeah, I, I agree. And for anybody who's new to selling. When you get on there, you're going to find out. Seller Central is a mess. It's very, very difficult to get any sort of comprehensive picture of your business. I um, mean, maybe if you're selling one product, then it's a little easier because all that data is for that one product. But as soon as you start to grow and evolve your business, it's it's really it's really critical to start paying attention to data and using tools that clean that data up. Um, hence you guys have. Built something really cool over there.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, one other really cool thing I think I forgot to mention is uh, we have this like uh, on-the-fly currency conversion. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, for example, like if you're a Chinese seller and you're not used to like U.S. dollars or British pounds or euros, like you can convert everything into CNY, like, and then you'll see all the data in CNY, and vice versa. If you're a U.S. seller and you're selling in you know other countries, like you can convert everything to U.S. dollars. So not only do we aggregate the uh, data for you, but we also convert it automatically. So that way you can see your true profitability. You don't have to like dig around like different marketplaces like, oh man, what does this mean? How much does that cost, right? It's like, it's all there, so. And so
0: you're using the exchange rate, the live exchange rate? Yeah, yeah, we
2: have a live exchange rate we use. It's like, uh, I think it's like 15 minute delay or something. So it's, I mean, I don't think, currency doesn't move that fast
0: these days, but you know, it's it's accurate enough, you know. That's big. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the challenge all the time selling on other marketplaces, yeah. is you don't know, if you don't convert it back to your home currency, you don't even know hardly if you're profitable or not. Um, so that's that's fantastic. That's really good. Well, real quick, for anybody who's listening right now, you wanna tell them how they can get in touch with you or what they need to do if they want to get, get started with FeedbackWiz?
2: Um, yeah, you could just go to our website feedbackwiz.com, uh, feedbackways.com and um, you know if you have any questions, we have really good support team. We have a uh, full support site support.feedbackways.com it has all the documentation videos for an entire tool. so any questions you have within the tool, how to use it, how to set it up, it's all there. Um, if you have any questions you can also email us at support and then we'll be happy to answer. Uh, anything you have, you know, usually, you know, we try to answer every type of email if it's, even if it's outside of Amazon, like outside of our tool, like some people just randomly ask questions about Amazon, like we'll do our best to find you the right answer, or at least we'll, you know, find you the help to find the right answer, so.
0: Just send them our way, we'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll,
2: yeah, I'll send it to you guys. You guys. <laughs> um, you guys-
0: uh, real quick, we actually got a question that popped up uh, from from YouTube. We'll we'll throw this at you, Henson, just to see uh, your thoughts on this. This question came up, what are the three things you think are important for someone who's starting now? All right, throw that at you. If you were starting right now, what are the three most important things, Henson? Three more important
2: things? Well, I mean, the most important thing is product research, right? You gotta make sure you find the right product, right? And then you, you research the crap out of it, like you know, making sure that you're not selling it for loss. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, to making sure that whatever you're selling, I would say is not what everyone else is selling. Like it's gotta be better in a way, like it could be the same type of product, but, um, figure out from your competitors, like what's wrong with the product and how can you make it better? Right. And if you can make it better, are you still making, um, enough profit margin? Right. So figure that out. And I would say, yeah, profit margin would be the, the biggest, other thing, right? You don't want to be selling products and wasting all your time and not making any money. Right. So you got to make sure you have, uh, I don't know, everyone has different metrics, but I, I would say you want to make at least like, you know, 30%, you know, after everything, if you can, right. Mm-hmm. To make it worthwhile. Otherwise, you know, there's just so many headaches, um, with selling on Amazon. Um, and then maybe one more thing is finding a product that has a low return rate. Like for example, um, like clothing is is crazy right people return all the time they buy like all the sizes and return everything but one and then you end up losing money right it's like that's horrible right so you probably want to stay away from something like that uh maybe selling something where i don't know like like a kitchen sink right for example like they install it they're never going to return it because once it's in it's in right so finding products where you have a very low return rate is going to definitely help you um in the long run so that's, that's my opinion.
0: That's good stuff. those good answers. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. It all starts with product research and you can save yourself a lot of hassle if you do that part right. Then hopefully when you log in and you start looking at your profit uh, and your business analytics through your platform, everything looks good because you did the pro- the product research right. So that's good stuff, Henson. You're you spot on on those, on those three tips. Uh, thanks for the question on YouTube out there. Uh, we'll have to have you back on again, Henson. And uh, you guys are hard at work over there. I know you're launching new features and new products all the time. So we'd love to stay up to date with what you guys go, have got going on. And thanks again for spending the time and talking to us today about how important it is to track to track your business um, in detail <laughs> and what you yeah, guys Yeah, have-
2: absolutely. It's, it's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, I'm happy to come on anytime you guys want to just chat and talk about Amazon.
0: Always happy to do that. So it's, it's great funny. seeing you again. Yeah, you do. Well, there's always good stuff to talk about. That's the fun thing about being in this business. There's never a shortage of things to to discuss, but yeah, thanks again, Henson. We'll get you back on. Thanks everyone for tuning in today to this podcast. Um, As always, if you're listening to this podcast right now, please make sure you subscribe so that you're notified when we do these. We do them almost every single day. If you're watching our live stream on Facebook or YouTube, uh, make sure you subscribe to our pages and our channels Uh, Turn on notifications so you're notified when we do go live. We're doing this all the time with great people like Henson. Uh, So it's a lot of fun. Talking about product research, Chris and I are in the middle of a project right now called Operation Launch, where we're live launching a product from scratch on Amazon. Uh, So that will be coming to YouTube very soon. Uh, We're in the process of filming that right now, which is a lot of fun. So we're in the product research stage right now, Henson, that you just talked about. So it's a blast there. But anyway, thanks everybody for listening in. Henson, thanks for joining us. And we'll be back at this again tomorrow. Thank you guys.